lake, right? Like nobody's like, you know, you know, I'm just going to do summer. It's like I was going to go to the lake, but you know what I think I'll do? I'm just going to learn patience this summer. That's going to bless my life. I'm going to spend my summer learning patience. Now, it probably would bless your life, but none of us are outlining that in our summer plans. If you do, God bless you. You are a saint. We have some saints here, some longstanding Christians who probably do that. But I do not uh, because I don't like patience. But I think it's important because not only just patience in regular life, but it's hard enough to have patience when things are going good. It's tough to have patience when things are going difficult, right? One of the hardest things in life is to have patience in suffering. Are you with me? One of the hardest things is anybody can have patience when things are easy, when everything's rolling your way. That's not really patience. That's just kind of convenience. Patience when things are difficult, that's like a whole other sphere of life, right? That's a whole other like gift set it feels like. It's tapping into your life. And so James is giving us his example here, and I love it in Scripture because he's telling us to be patient like a farmer. The farmer waits is what he says here in uh, verse 7. He says, be patient. He says, see how the farmer waits. That word waits means to be expectant over something. You're waiting over something. You're wait, he's waiting over the fruit. And it says the farmer waits being patient about it. That word macrothemeo means waiting intently with an object. You have an object in mind. You have an objective in mind. So the farmer waits in expectation, purposely, intentionally, for the sake of, of an objective. And what does he wait for? Scripture tells us. Uh, who wants to guess, what is the farmer waiting for according to the scripture? Someone shout it out. So close. Rain, there we go. It's a trick because it gets you. He's waiting for the rain. And he's specifically waiting for the early and late rain. And since you were all ancient Near East Palestinian farmers, you're like, of course he's waiting for the early and late rains. We all are, right? I mean, right? Well, of course not because like, I don't, not many of us are farmers, Right? Not many of us are in that space, but, but I think it's important. How, how many of you think I have a green thumb? Like I can grow stuff. I have a green thumb. Green thumb, good thing. My mom has a very green thumb. She brought me this. This is just from probably this weekend. She brought me this bag of tomatoes that she grew. She gave me three bags like this the other day. She has a green thumb, <laughs> right? Like that's super green. That's like the Jolly Green Giant thumb. Like that is epic. Um, I grew these. <laughs> the bag was bigger. I had people over. We ate them. It's fine. I gave them away. It wasn't, it wasn't this big. So how, many, how many people, you don't have a green thumb, you have a black thumb? Like if you, if you look at a plant at Lowe's, it dies. Like you can't, they don't let you go in to the garden section anymore without blinders. So like don't even look. If you look at the tomatoes, I swear, we're kicking you out again. Like... <laughs> It's like it feels like a pestilence of vegetables follows you, right? And I, I think a lot of us feel that way. Uh, so, so what I'm going to do this morning is, is an example because, again, we're told to be patient like a farmer. And if you're not a farmer, that, that example might just be like, oh, neat, uh, get a tractor, ride it around, and that's, that's patience. But I think it's important. So I'm going to teach you how to grow anything. Are you with me? I'm going to teach you how to grow anything. Like, well, not, not anything. Let me bring my notes over here. Uh, not anything, but let's say most anything. And I want to show you this slide uh, about growth and farm growth. It should be up there. Nope, the other one. There we go. Stole my punchline. It's fine. 
<laughs> here, here are the seasons. I'm going to go through this. This is like early Palestinian farming. This is the kind of farming he's referring to. So this isn't all potted plants, but I couldn't get a farm in here, and you guys wouldn't drive to the farm, so I figured, why not? So first thing we need, who here is like the most black thumb? You are like the most epically black thumb. Melanie, okay, what do I need to start with? What, what material do I need right now? Okay, so you're already there, okay? Step one, dirt. Okay, so I brought this bag of dirt. I'm so sorry, cleaning team. I will clean up, I promise. Got 90% of it in there. All right, so dirt. Okay, so next thing, what, what do I need in order to grow a plant? What, what should I do next? Uh, who else is a super black thumb? You kill everything. Olgi, what do I need now? Water. Okay, that's good. So I'm going to prepare my soil. Uh, and I think we're going to water it because it's a little hard pack. The soil in the desert here and there is a little um, clay and dense. So the water breaks it up. It, it fills it. It swells it. Okay. Now, who else is like uber black thumb, kill anything? Max, right here. Okay. We need a seed. Okay, perfect. All right. So I brought, um, yeah, I didn't realize the, the depth of this allegory when I did it. Um, but I brought what is uh, called a moringa tree seed. I didn't have any vegetable seeds because I've already planted and I'm like waiting for those things to like <laughs> bring fruits. So I don't want to rip it up. It's hard enough already. It's 100 degrees. Um, so I brought a moringa seed. Ironically, it's called the tree of life. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, but I take this seed and then where, where am I? Where's my black thumb? Haven, I think you raise your hand. What do I do with this now? Stick it in the dirt. Okay. So I feel like I'm just going to. Jam it in there. Everybody who's actually a green thumb just had a heart attack. Because they're like, no, you got to gently place it so it's, <laughs> well, I don't care. I just jam them in there. I made this tree, so apparently I'm doing it right. Um, <laughs> uh, so he, here's the point is that there, there's these steps that we take, and, and now we're here. So, so I prepared the soil. That would be the early rain. So, so in this example that he's giving, the early rain was sent to hard ground to make it soft so that it could, there could be tilling, there could be, there could be preparation, so there could be planting. Everyone's still with me. So he's talking about that early rain. That's the first rain that comes. That's the, the early portion. Then after that comes the planting portion, right? I'm taking the seed. I'm putting it into the soil. What happens if I go four weeks and I take the seed out of here? What's going to happen? Who else is a black thumb? Because you don't know anything about gardening. You're the worst at gardening. Someone else. Okay. What happens if I take it out? Tell it to grow better and put it back. So positive affirmation. Who actually knows what they're talking about? <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> that's not black thumb. That's like charcoal. <laughs> yeah. It dies, right? It dies. If I take it out too soon, it, it dies. Is there anything... If I do what Jamin said, if I bring it out for the purposes of positive affirmation, will it make that seed germinate faster? If I worry about it, will it make it grow faster? If I constantly search around it, will it, will it make it grow faster? No, it, it's, it's decided by its creator. It was created with a, an attached germination period, right? So there, there's this planting that occurs. So who else, uh, I need one more person who's like a black thumb, you can't grow things, you're willing to admit it in front of everybody. Who else can't? Raise your hand, I want to pick you. Nobody? You guys are all gardeners. Anybody else? Oh, Katie, my wife. What do you do now? You what? You wait. Now you wait. I think it's 120 days for this to germinate. That's like a huge amount of time, right? Everyone's still with me. It's a third of your year. 
So a third of the year you spend waiting for this thing to really come forth and bring fruit. Some vegetables it takes to germinate and the, the full fruit and all that time. Th this is the hardest part right now is the waiting. Uh, black thumbs, this is when you keep killing plants. This is why. Because you're impatient, so you water, 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 or drown it. Or you're inattentive, and so you go on vacation, you're like, did we have plants? And your plants are like, yes, and they're dying, right? This is the waiting. This is, this is this portion. This is all I have to show is this. When people come to my house and I tell them about the great seeds that I've planted, this is all I have to show for it. Are you with me still? This is all I have to show. I, I'm, in, I'm in the waiting. And in fact, if you were a farmer at that time, the waiting season is hot. The waiting season is dry. The waiting season has animals that will come try to steal even the seed out of the ground. Like birds are literally the worst when you're trying to plant seeds. And they will take everything that you love. And I hate birds. <laughs> because there's things that come against you in the waiting. And so in the waiting is usually where my plant dies. And that's true about almost all things in your life. If I look at this season, there's the early rains, there's the planting, and there's the waiting. Likely, if it's going to die, it's going to happen in the waiting. And so I've, I've put my seed in here. And so what I'm waiting for right now, just, just in the garden example, is the late rain. Because the late rain is going to come. And so what they would wait for that later rain is the later rain would come as it starts to sprout. Now this is a tree, so it's not adept at this illustration. But again, I didn't want to rip up a tomato plant. But it, it comes and it swells the ground. It fills the ground. It fulfills the space. And it swells the plant and the plant begins to make fruit. So here's what's crazy is you can even have a sprout or a beginning of a plant, see the plant, feel like the, the plant has come to be full and still not see any fruit. But the rain comes and it swells it and it brings fruit to it. And then the last step is harvest. And harvest is the best step because you get to eat, right? Harvest is you get to rejoice over what you've grown. But what happens if you eat it before it's ripe? If I have this bag of red tomatoes, but they're all green, who wants to really eat that? Tomato people are like, I don't care anyways, I'm not going to eat them. But if you eat the fruit before it's ripe, it's what? Bitter. If I handed you a green banana and said, here's the fruit, you'd go, that's, no, that's, it's not yet. Why? Because everything has its space. Everything has its season. And so James is building, he's invoking this imagery that exists for almost all of our growth as individuals in, in our life. Because the goal of James is that we would grow into spiritual maturity and completeness. Right, James is speaking to Christians and, and establishing doctrine and understanding and saying the goal is that we would build and grow into spiritually complete and whole people. Because most of us live fractional, emotional lives that run the wave of our emotions, right? But he's desiring to build spiritually mature people. So here is the spiritual maturity version of this. You can toss it up now. Here is what he is trying to implement in our life is preparation, then planting, then patience, then provision, then promise. Let me say it another way. Preparation, planting, patience, 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 provision, promise. 
That's, I didn't have enough slide to work with. But if it was, imagine that patients stretch from here to there. And that would be functionally what he's working with. So see, preparation is God begins to prepare the soil of your heart. Some of you, you're in preparation right now. Is that God is beginning to speak and to guide and to lead you into the truth of his love for you. He's preparing that soil. It's hard soil. It takes work to till it, to get some seed in there. But he's sending his rain, he's sending his spirit to soften the soil of your heart. The next step is planting is that God in that moment, some of you have experienced this, some of you not yet, but I believe it for your life, is that he begins to in that soft dirt, he begins to plant in the seed of life into your life, right? The seed of true eternal life into you. You still look like dirt, you don't have any fruit, but he still put the seed there. Are you with me? So there's preparation and then there's planting. I want to tell you, if you are in the planting stage where God is still putting a seed, maybe a dream or for your family or for your life, don't feel bad because you're still in the planting phase. So often as, as new believers even, we, we feel so guilty because we're, or, or we're in a new season of life. We feel so guilty because we're in the planting phase. If you drove by a field and saw a farmer planting, you wouldn't be like, loser, you don't have any fruit. You'd be like, yeah, this is the season to plant. It's a new season, right? So don't yell at it yourself. You're in a new season. You're in a new thing. God's doing a new thing. He's going to plant a new thing in your life. And we want to go into the next season. But let me tell you, if you go into the next season, I just learned this a couple weeks ago, and you misplanted, then those plants are going to die. Some of you black thumbs, you plant, are planting seeds in places where they shouldn't be in untrustworthy, unprepared soil. What you need to do is go by the step. Prepare the soil with the spirit. Plant the seed that comes from God. Are you still with me? And then we get to the third point, and this is the point where James is, and we're landing here. I put it three times because I ran out of space, but it could go all the way down. It's patience, patience, patience. This is where we spend most of our life is in the patient season. Has anyone feel like, if you were honest this morning, I am in the patient season of life. I'm in the patient season of, of spiritual maturity. See, I, God, you planted a seed in my life. But I don't see any fruit yet. I just see a lot of dirt. My, dirt. my life is really dirty. But I don't see any fruit yet. I'm in the patient season. I think we feel this way a lot in our relationships. We are praying for our relationships. God softens the soil of those relationships. And he plants a seed and then immediately we're like, where's the fruit? Well, I just planted the seed yesterday. Now, I believe that God can deliver immediately, and I believe that, but a lot of our life is being patient in the process between, the prom between what he's promised and the fulfillment of the promise. And so we live in that patience space as individuals. And, and it doesn't matter if it's our personal lives or our future. Most of us are living our life between the early rain and the later rain. That's where most of us are living. That's where I'm living. That's where spiritual maturity lives, is that most of us live our life between the early and the later rains. And I love this imagery of rain that, that occurs. How many of you guys love the rain? You just, you just love the rain here. Yeah, I asked that question in Seattle, and people are like, eh. But here, people love the rain. <laughs> the rain will try to kill you here, but we love it. <laughs> but Palestinian farmers, in this time, in this era where he's speaking to you, like the, the farmers in this, in this mode that he's speaking to, we're highly dependent on the rains for growth, right? The early rain, like I said, it, it softened the ground. It prepared the ground. The late rain, 
late rain filled the plants, and it brought forth the fruit. And I, and I love this idea of early and late rain because it's consistent all throughout Scripture, this idea of early and late rain, early and late rain, the promise of fulfillment, the promise of fulfillment, right? The preparation, the preparation of my soil, the preparation of my space, the preparation of what God's going to do. Then he plants it, and then I'm patient, patient, and then what happens? Provision, filling, fulfillment. And all throughout Scripture, rain is directly linked to this idea. It's trying to push this idea and empower us with this idea that there is, that God is faithful. That God is faithful. That if he sent the early rain, he's going to send the later rain. That if you prepared the ground, he's going to fill the ground. That if you prepared it and planted the seed, then he's going to be faithful to bring it about. Deuteronomy 11.14 says, are you still with me, everyone? So good? Amen. 11.14 says, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. Joel 2.23 says, be glad, O children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. See, we, we get the, I think we get the imagery more here. In my hometown, it rains all the time. So this wouldn't feel that important. But here it's so important. Because rain means life. It means growth. It means fruit. It means flowering. It means bursting forth. Rain means water, which means life, right? Are you with me? And most of us in our life are living between the early and the late rain. The seed's been planted, but now I'm in the dry season waiting for the later rain. You know what we call this? Sometimes we call it spiritual drought. It's the dry time. It's suffering, but not seeing the fruit. It's praying, but not yet seeing the rain cloud. Are you with me? It's working the field, the life I've been given, but maybe not seeing it sprout forth. you got to work this dirt for a long time and protect it and preserve it and watch over it and be patient for it. Because if I dig in here and I rip it out, if I can even find the thing, good luck, in here it's just more dirt. And I've now made nothing except I've killed the thing that was planted in my life because I couldn't wait. So i got to find it because if I can't, Hold it, I can't control it, and I put it in the dirt and I gave it to God, but now I don't know if I trust him, so I'm just going to dig through here and I can't find it, and it's gone. Right? I've killed it. I mean, if that grows, that's going to be a miracle, and God obviously wants to do that. But we're living in this space because waiting for this is where we learn patience. See, patience is never given. We ask, God, would you give me patience? And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> patience is learned. Patience is learned. It's not given. There's no, there's no quick way to holiness. There's no bypass on-ramp to spiritual maturity. It's learned. It's developed in our life. And the farmer is patient because he has to wait for the rain. Because if he just goes and digs them up and they're like, how are we doing? It's all going to die. He has no choice but to wait for the rain. And so what does he do? He's patient in the dry season. What I love, to be honest, is that when we know Christ, our patience is different. Our patience has a hope. 
See, the farmer hopes that the rain is coming, but like rain doesn't have a brain. It functions within a cycle based off of factors of its environment, but it doesn't have a heart or compassion or care, right? It doesn't, like a rain, it'll rain on a rich person, it'll rain on a poor person, right? Rain doesn't care. It, it has no, it's no respecter of persons because it doesn't know what respect is because it doesn't have a brain. It doesn't care deeply for the farmer. But this is why our patience has a hope. This is why we can endure suffering is because our patience has a hope in Christ. And the hope is this, is that God cares for you. I don't know if no one ever told you this, but hear me say, God intimately and personally cares for you. You're like, I know, God loves all the children, all the little children in the world. No, God cares for you in your life right now. And he sees you. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. I had it tattooed on my body after we lost our first child. It says, cast all your anxieties onto him because he cares for you. And so when I'm crying out to God in the desert and I, I gave my whole life to the Lord and I gave everything to him and I served him with my life and I followed him and he didn't even do this and I'm mad and I'm in the dry season and I'm in spiritual doubt and I'm yelling at the sky. I need the intimate love of God to remember he cares for me in my life. I'm going to wake somebody up this morning. I know, I know in school you were taught that you can't say anything or move around, but I'm, I'm freeing you, I'm releasing you to, to allow God to transform your life and transform your posture and your face. <laughs> You're allowed to smile at me, it's cool. Doesn't mean we agree on everything. But this is the key, is that, that, is that God actually is faithful. God actually cares for your life. God actually will send provision. He will send rain on your life. We suffer and endure because we know that if he sent the rain to soften the ground to prepare the soil, that he'll send the rain to fulfill what he's promised. Because not only does patience have a hope through Christ, but patience has a power. You're like, what? Patience has power? Yeah, our patience is rooted in a power. Look at James 5.8. If you still got your Bibles open, it says, you also be patient Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He says be patient. That's that macrothemeo verb that I said there. That, that has, it's more of an imperative. It, it's more of a command. It's more of a, it's an action. It's, it's a function that's happening in our life. And he says establish your heart. Some scripture you might have, it might say strengthen. Either one works. But establish your heart because there's power in the waiting. I know it seemed like there should just be weakness in the waiting, but there's power in the waiting. There's power in the patience and in this season of our life. And I think it's important what he's not saying here in establishing your heart is, you know, the worst thing you could tell somebody in suffering is, hey man, suck it up. Right? He's not saying suck it up. He's saying what 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13 says. It says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he, meaning God, may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Think of this plant. I, I dug this plant up this morning, and um, I needed a bigger pot almost immediately, but I didn't have it, and it was time to go. But this whole thing is roots. And when I dug it up, it took forever because it had deep Roots. But let me give you a garden tip, black thumbs. If you water periodically, the roots will never grow deep. If it's shallow, 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 the roots will never grow deep. And so what happens is when the dry season comes, all your roots are right here at the surface. And so your roots will literally 
dry up, burn, and die, and then your plant falls over. See, when, when the plant knows when, and you, you've guided it by soaking it deep with the rain, soaking it deep, it sends roots deep. And then when the storm comes, when the suffering comes, it has deep roots so it can survive. James calls us to establish our heart in Christ through his strength. Because if our heart is established in Christ through his strength, then our roots go deep into him. They go deep into who he is by his strength, by his feeling. He's the soil. He's the strength. He's what nourishes us. He's what brings us life. He's what brings us stability. We're just this little thing. I mean, this thing gets rocked by the wind. But, in, but down here, you could never knock this thing over no matter how hard I try because it has deep roots. This tiny little thing, sometimes I feel like this dumb plant, just like everything that comes in my way. <laughs> but I got deep roots going into the ground because I believe in God. And I, and I say, listen, I don't have the strength to do it. But I'm going to establish my heart in the one who has the strength and good soil in the Lord. And I'm going to get down deep into him. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to get before him on my knees. I'm going to come to presence. I don't even understand what's happening, what Gianna's doing. But I'm just still going to get on my knees before God and say, God, I need you. I want to go deep with you. I want to get in your presence because I want to root deep. I want to establish my heart. So when the patient, 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 dry, 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 suffering, suffering, suffering season comes, I don't want to die. I want to thrive. I want to become a mighty oak of righteousness. I want to be built up. I want to see fruit in my life. So I'm going to root in Christ my hope. Be strengthened by his power. I'm not going to wait in weakness, hoping for the best. I'm going to press into Christ. That's the word he's saying. He's not saying wait in weakness. He's saying wait in expectant endurance. That's because patience is practiced. This is it. This is the reality of patience. It's a difficult reality. And, and, and I love how he shares it here. If you have your Bible, verse 9 in chapter 5 says, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Some people treat that like it's just randomly tossed in, but I think it's important. Because we try to sidestep the practice when we're learning patience. And we think, if I just sit quietly and endure, that counts. Or if I, I, I can be as mean as I want because I'm going through some things and everyone just needs to deal with my luggage. But here he's talking about our trials will put our patience to the test. And who do we usually lash out at when we're in trial? The people closest to us. Right? Now, it, it was different back then. The trials were somewhat different. But there's still difficult marriages, frustrated dreams. There's still demotions at work, commotions at home, insomnia, high blood pressure, allergies, bills, credit card bills, more bills, insecurity. There's things in our life. And what happens is as that those things pile up in our life, then we become into conflict with those who happen to be nearby us. For them, it was the body. For us, for you, it might be your spouse. Why do so many marriages end over conflicts over money? Not even infidelity, just cash. Because as we get stressed, as we get frustrated, we are in the dry season in our life in trials, and so we grumble against one another. And so James is saying we suffer when we grumble. It's, it's the activation of our patience. Have you ever had a big fight with your spouse only to realize you're just kind of tired? Like you just argued about a truck you owned in 2003, and you're like, well, I didn't even care. I hated it. That's, that's just an example. I didn't actually do this. 
But you know what I'm talking about, right? You're arguing, and then you realize, like, halfway through, we're on the same team, but you're so exhausted from the world beating the crud out of you that you're like, well, I might as well finish strong. I already started fighting. My knuckles are red. Because that's how we do. That's the conflict we live in. And yet James is saying, patience is practice. He says, look, the judge is at the door. And I love this. He means the end is so close. You're almost there. Don't give up. If you're in, can we throw that, that patience one up? Uh, the slide. If you're in patience, 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 and you're going through this. This is a great verse too. But you're going through this process. Don't give up on the last patience. You're almost to the, the rain, to the provision. And so if you feel like you've been in patience, 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 faithfulness, 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 don't jump into bitterness, anger, frustration. You're almost right here. And he's saying, look, the judge is, is at the door, meaning as you're being patient, God is still faithful. And you've been walking through, and you don't know. The first person to plant this seed had no idea when this would come up. You don't know. But you're patient and you're faithful and God is faithful. He says, don't quit on the field of your family before you see the fruit. Don't quit on the field of your relationships before you see the fruit because it's coming. God is faithful. Don't quit. Don't quit on your church because things didn't go like you wanted and they didn't let you have a seat at the table like you thought. So you're going to give up because you're not there and, and you've got to sit. Maybe you're in a season of patience where you need to learn patience and waiting. And let God bring about the fruit through his infilling that comes through his spirit. Don't give up. In fact, he says we celebrate those who are patient, James 5, 10 through 11. He says as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. And you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. I think the prophets in Job are kind of interesting selections to encourage us in suffering. Because um, <laughs> they say the prophet he's referring to here was Jeremiah. And sub-history, <laughs> Jeremiah's life did not end uh, joyfully or uh, in one piece. He was brutally murdered. And Job, <laughs> if you know anything about Job... Uh, he went through the ringer. Satan threw everything at him, tried to destroy him, tried to, tried to beat him down. There's verses where Job is just like yelling at God like he's over it, right? Which actually makes it super identifiable if you've ever been there. Right? Like you can say it's okay to be frustrated. God knows it in your heart. You can just, might as well just say it. But both sets were people who persevered under suffering. And James is trying to show this progression. If you're writing notes, I want you to write this progression down because it's important. It says suffering enters the believer's life. Perseverance is the believer's response. And blessing comes from the Lord. This is the progression. Suffering enters your life. It enters, meaning it's not thrust upon you by God. It's that the world is broken. Suffering enters your life. Perseverance is our response. Perseverance in, in through suffering and patience and waiting. It's not saying easiness is our response. Perseverance is our response. And blessing comes from the Lord who is full of compassion and mercy. I want to share you a word that I'm going to butcher, but I think it's such a powerful word. If you have your scripture and you look at verse 11, it says this phrase... 
It says, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. For an underliner, underline that. If you're a writer, write next to it this word, polysplanchnos. I'm not Greek. I'm sorry, Paula. (laughs) This is this word. It's the only time in Scripture that this phraseology occurs in this form. Uh, Trust me. I spent most of the week making sure. Uh, (laughs) Poly, of of a great many. Splanchnos. Polysplanchnos. So splanchnos. What a word. Compassion. Inward affection. Of great many inward affection and compassion. Here's what he's saying. God has great inward affection and compassion for you. If you've never thought of God this way, close your eyes and hear it in your heart and your mind in your heart. God has great compassion for you. God has great compassion for you. He is merciful. He is compassionate. In the waiting, you do not wait. In the desert alone, you wait with the merciful and compassionate almighty God. He is merciful and compassionate. He is full of intimate compassion. The prophets kept speaking even under persecution because they believed the truth that they had the assurance of the blessing that would come from God. Job kept serving the Lord even in suffering because he remembered that the God who was faithful to send the rain and plant the seed will be faithful to send the rain again. The God who sent the rain, who showed me that he's good, who softened my heart, who planted the seed of hope and life, he's not going to abandon me now. He's not going to leave me now. But he's faithful. And I will surely see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, like David said. And I believe not only on earth but for eternity that someday, because of the goodness of Jesus Christ, because of the compassion and mercy, I will step into eternity. Though I have suffered in this life, I will step into heaven. We don't like to talk about heaven or or what happens after life for some reason. But let me tell you, when you follow Christ, you have the assuredness that there will be justice, there will be freedom, and there will be an eternity without suffering, without pain, without your health problems, without your relationship problems, without division, without hurt, without without remaining bitterness from assault, without all of these things, there is a freedom and a hope that comes for all of eternity because of the assurance that's come through Christ. He says, I have great compassion for you, polyasplanchnos. It's not poetic, but it's really important to me, that phrase. James is calling out for all time in Scripture this phrase, intimately expressing the deep love of God for you in his life. Intimately expressing the deep love of God for you. The band can come up. Most of us, I think, are living in this season. Is that God is, has planted a seed in your life. And I don't know what that is. Some of you, it's salvation. Some of you, it was, it was a dream that was planted in your life. And he sent the rain. And maybe you had it even in experience or you opened in your word. And God began to speak to you. Or you came into a church for the first time. And he began to share that love and that hope in his life. And he planted a seed in there. And many of us, we're just in that desert in that desert season, in that space, that patience, that waiting. And what I don't want to, to give the impression is that all this is easy. I want to give you the impression that the season's going to happen regardless. That trials come. That difficulty comes. That the things of the world come and they try to steal that seed and that hope and that life that you have. 
but we can be confident because we serve a God that's faithful, who's been faithful, who will be faithful, who continues in faithfulness. And I can't see it. Put it back in. I found it. I can't see it. Now I can. But I trust God. I trust you, God. You sent the rain and you planted the seed. You will be faithful to send the rains again. If you sent the rain in my life, you prepared the soil. If you planted the seed, he'll be faithful to send the rain again. Hear me, if God planted the seed, he's going to be faithful to send the rain. Hear me in your family. If God planted the seed, he's going to be faithful to send the rain. Hear me in your purpose, in your life, in your future. You want the fruit. If he planted the seed, he's going to be faithful to bring the rain. Jamin, if he planted the seed in your life. He's going to be faithful to bring the rain. And you might be in spiritual drought, but he still has the promise. It's under there. Maybe you don't see it yet. But he's going to be faithful to bring the rain. He's going to swell the ground. And when he does, the fruit's going to burst forth. And you're going to be in harvest. And then what are you going to do again? You're going to plant again. But this is the road of spiritual maturity that he's marked out. Is trials are going to come whether you know Christ or not. Let me tell you, the world is no respecter of who it wants to dump on when it wants to dump on it. Trials will come, but for those who know Christ, for those who know the hope of God, there is hope that God is faithful. That God is faithful. If you planted the seed, He's going to send the rain. What I see right now here, this is a mess. Right? This is, I mean, this is a mess. Some of you are like, this looks familiar. But God can take this mess, He can turn it into a message for your life purpose for your life. God can take this trial, this dry season, and he can turn it into a testimony. God is the God who takes things laid down in death and dirt and makes beautiful life change and transformation out of them. That's the God that we serve. And so if you're in that season this morning where you feel like God has planted the seed, but you're in that dry season and you're waiting, you feel like God has given you a promise for your children, but you don't see it yet. If you feel like God has given you a promise for your future, but you don't see it. If you feel like God is waking something up, but you don't see it yet, hear me say, God is faithful. And this morning, I believe he wants to remind you of his faithfulness. And he wants to impress upon your heart the intimate compassion of his love for you. And say, I've not forgotten you. I've not forgotten the seed I planted. If I planted the seed, I'm going to be faithful to send the rain. Would you stand with me this morning? I didn't know they were, they were playing this song when we started, but I love this song because it declares things that are, even if it feels like they aren't. And some of us struggle with understanding or seeing the pattern of the goodness of God in our life. But I want us this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to worship. And I want you just to declare the faithfulness of God over your own life and that seed. And some of you, God wants to speak to your heart and encourage you and remind you of his love and his compassion. wants to say, I know that you are in a dry season, and I know you're in patience, 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 faithfulness, 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 but I'm bringing my faithfulness, I'm bringing my rain, and I'm going to bring life to it. That's you, I want you to just close your eyes with me all around this place, and I'm going to pray, we're going to pray a prayer together. We're going to say together, God, would you establish my heart in you and strengthen me by your power. 
so that I can persevere. And God, would you remind me of your intimate love for me and your great compassion for me so that I might suffer the trial but see the fruit because that's what I desire. So this morning, if you're in this place, every eye closed, every head bowed, and you're just saying, God, I need you to remind me of your faithfulness. I need you to impress upon me the truth of your goodness and your love for me. I need you to remind me this morning that I am not forgotten, that I am not left behind. I need you to speak to me this morning and remind me that though I might be in the dry season, that you're here with me. Every eye closed, if that's you this morning, I just want you to lift up your hands towards the heavens like you're receiving, like a plant with their leaves receiving the rain that comes from the Lord. And I'm just going to pray this morning that God would begin to rain his spirit down upon you and that he would begin to empower you. And you're going to say this morning as we pray, God, I put my roots deep in you. As we praise, I put my roots deep in you. I press into you. Strengthen me because, God, I want to see the fruits. So I'm going to pray for you this morning with our hands raised. God, you see every hand in this place lifted up to you. You see every person. They're not forgotten. They're not missed. They're not cast aside. You see them. You know them. You love them. And God, you planted a seed. And if you were faithful to plant the seed, you will be faithful to bring the rain. If you were faithful to plant the dream, you will be faithful to bring it to fruition. If you were faithful to put the hope for my family and reconciliation, you will be faithful to bring it about. So right now, God, I pray over every person whose arms are raised, I pray right now as we worship and declare, I pray you would just begin to fill them with the truth of your deep love for them. God, would you give us a deeper revelation of your love for us, a deeper understanding. And God, right now, fill us with your Holy Spirit like never before, that the fruit even now might begin to burst forth in our lives. That the fruit even now will begin to spring forth from your water. So we pray, God, we root ourselves in you, strengthen us in you, that we might see the fruit come through in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus over every life. In the name of Jesus over every life. God, if you have been faithful to plant the seed, you will be faithful.